The lottery balls fell in the Twins' favor this week. In MLB's first ever draft lottery, the Twins move up eight slots to the number five pick. We're going to break this down. What does it mean for the Twins? How valuable is it? Will it change the scope of their offseason? It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is, it's Thursday, December 8th. You're listening to this probably on Friday, December 9th, maybe on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Either way, thanks for joining me. This is Nash Walker. I'm your gracious host. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker, three seasons hosting a daily podcast in the Minnesota Twins, four seasons writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. You're going to get an episode in advance with Brandon. If you're watching on YouTube, you might be thinking, like, why are you wearing the same shirt for three straight episodes? I do wear the same shirt a lot. I wash it in between sometimes, usually, and this time... We're going on a trip next week, so I should be able to record there. We're going to have some episodes drop in advance, and you're going to hear from Brandon Warren Monday. Today, the draft lottery, the first ever Major League Baseball draft lottery. The Twins were the big winners of this lottery. They were supposed to get the 13th pick. They end up getting the fifth pick in the draft, top five pick. It was wild when they were left in a top six, and then they get the fifth. They're picking higher Then the A's, the A's got the sixth pick. Think of how bad the A's were this year. The Twins get to pick fifth. I think it's fun. I think the draft lottery is fun. I think these type of possibilities are fun. And honestly, they're trying to disincentivize tanking, right? That's the point in the NBA and in Major League Baseball, trying to disincentivize teams from blowing their seasons. Look at the A's. Look at the A's. And and baseball's draft, it's dangerous to think about it in like it's an NFL or an NBA draft, like football fans see that the twins have the number five pick. And it's like, it's different than the NFL. It is. It, it's a crapshoot, honestly. Like there's no guarantee anywhere in the top 10, top 20, top in the draft anywhere. There's really no guarantee. Now, do you want to have the number one pick? Yes. You would like to have the number one pick. Do you want to have the number five pick rather than the number 13 pick? Absolutely. That's something that you want. When you look at this draft, and the Twins getting the fifth pick, I think on top of it is that they just got Brooks Lee. That part of it is so exciting to me because when you're picking fifth and they got Brooks Lee with the eighth selection, it's like you're going to add another Brooks Lee type of addition to this system. And Brooks Lee is a consensus top 30 to 50 prospect. And this is big for the Twins farm system. It's a farm system that I think is pretty average right now after trading away Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Strand and Steve Hajar. They have high volatility prospects. Marco Raya, high volatility, could be great. And maybe he's a reliever. Maybe, you know, he can't stay healthy. We don't know yet on him. We don't know on Connor Prelip, kind of the same thing. But electric young arms, there's always risk in young arms. And even their bats, Royce Lewis is a pretty volatile prospect because he's had back-to-back ACL surgeries. Even Alex Kirilov now, who's graduated, he's a volatile young player. Like a lot of their guys feel volatile at the top of the system. Jordan Balazovic, we saw it too, and that's kind of just the name of the game with young pitchers. But 
you're hopefully going to add someone like Brooks Lee, who I don't think Brooks Lee has as much volatility as the rest of the system. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but you want to mix. You want a mix of high upside guys and future major leaguers. And I think Brooks Lee is absolutely a future major league player. I think the Twins picking fifth is a big development. Seth Stowe's are going to pull up his tweet on YouTube. The number 13 pick slot value in this year's draft had 4412500 to spend in the draft the number five pick had six million four hundred ninety seven thousand seven hundred dollars to use so seth says that's an extra 2.1 million for the twins to utilize that's huge and he said there are better prospects available at number five than number 13 too that's true that's usually true thinking about this draft it's way too early for 2023 it's way too early and and honestly like our draft coverage on this show is not very extensive. I don't do a really a draft preview. Maybe the day before we'll talk about guys to watch, but especially when the twins are picking 12th, 13th, 14th, it's just, okay, we'll see who they draft and we'll, we'll cover them the next day. When you have a top five pick, it's always fun. It's always fun to look and look at mock drafts and look at rankings and look at baseball America and baseball America just does such a good job with their draft coverage. And their feeling on this draft early is that it is going to be heavy in the top 10 with advanced college bats. You know who the Twins love in drafts? Advanced college bats. They love, love those players. And this is uh, pretty top-heavy in that regard. I only saw, I think, one pitcher in their, their top 10 rankings. One pitcher. And I was getting responses to a tweet that I said that, you know, the, the balls falling in their favor could be something we remember for a long time because I think Brooks Lee falling to them is something we could remember for a long time. People are like, it doesn't matter if this is a, a college bat heavy draft, they need arms. Yeah. I mean, you would prefer that it was a, a college pitcher heavy draft. You would prefer that not high school pitcher. There's just so much risk in that you would prefer. It's a college pitcher level top 10, you know, high upside top 10, but the, the volatility level on those guys is even more so than an everyday position player, advanced college bat, and that, they don't even guarantee you anything. You know, it doesn't even guarantee that you have a future regular of someone who crushes as a junior and a senior at the plate in college. It's a better bet, though. And I think the Twins have, have shied toward those type of players because they see them as a better bet. And sometimes they see them as developmental projects, guys they can add power to. You know, they traded for Austin Martin, who came out of Vanderbilt as a, a high contact, you know, get on base guy. And their whole thing was, we want to help him add some more power. Spencer Steer coming out of Oregon, we want to help him add some power. And they did with Spencer Steer. Jose Miranda, drafted by the previous regime out of, I think, the Puerto Rican Baseball Academy, they added power to his game too, clearly. That's that's something that they they want to do and something they look for. And I think in this particular draft, you're going to have those advanced college bats who are already there, who already have that. And there are some intriguing shortstops. His name's Jacob Gonzalez, I believe, is the first mock at number five to the Twins. And from LSU, I believe, is a shortstopper from Mississippi. And he's high contact, has some pop, left-handed hitter. They're, they're tight. They're going to love having the fifth pick, and we're going to love it too. Does it change anything this offseason for the Twins? Let's get to that after this word from... 
BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Again, BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Anything you're looking for this offseason, they have you covered with some free agency lines. They have MLB futures, and as soon as the season gets going in the spring, so much to go play. But you can do it now and play football. You can play hockey, you can play basketball, college, NBA, anything you are looking for, they have you covered at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Twins your first listen today. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Does the, having the, the fifth overall pick in 2023 does that impact the twins offseason at all who they're willing to trade who they're willing to deal i think yeah potentially absolutely potentially Uh, this is it would be great if mlb allowed you to trade draft picks i'm not saying the twins would trade the fifth overall pick but imagine that there would be great value in that if they were looking for like a zach gallon if they were putting together a zach gallon trade and you had you know brooks lee uh josh winder in the fifth overall pick like does that get it done that's that's a fun thing to think about but they don't allow it they don't allow it if they did it would be even more interesting but what the twins have done in recent years is in 2021 they took chase petty in the first round traded him they took christian encarnacion strand traded him a few years earlier spencer steer traded him they've traded a lot steve hajar was 2021 as well traded him kate povich traded him they they draft these guys they develop them early or they they find a diamond in the rough and they put up big numbers. You know, Cade Povich, huge strikeout rate, was traded in the in the Jorge Lopez deal. Christian Encarnacion strain just destroyed Cedar Rapids, destroyed for the Colonels. They trade him in the Tyler Malley deal. Spencer Steer, who I mentioned coming out of Oregon, not a lot of power. They turn him into a 25-30 home run bat in the minors. Trade him in the Tyler Malley deal. Cade Povich in the Sonny Gray deal. So they, they'll draft these players and they use them as, as trade chips where they see fit and they, they build their value after dra- drafting them. And they basically traded away their entire 2021 class. And they got Brooks Lee. It was really nice to supplement with Brooks Lee in 2022, but they traded away a lot of their, their prospects. And I'd say Spencer Steer absolutely was a top 100 prospect. Christian Encarnacion Strand, I think right outside of that range. But they developed those guys or they they recognized that they weren't valued as highly by other teams in the draft. And they took advantage of that, which I think is something they can do again here. Maybe not with the fifth overall pick. You can't really sneak up on anybody with the fifth overall pick. But that's just what they've done in drafts. Yes, I do think it impacts their offseason in some ways. In, you know, firsthand, it's, it's eight picks. It's an eight pick difference. It's not going to alter everything they're not thinking oh we can trade away brooks lee we can trade away royce lewis we can trade away our whole system now because we we're going to get a, a blue chip prospect at number five no 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 it's more of a crap shoot in baseball and that's part of it and that's just not i don't think that's going to be how they operate 
But does this make those guys maybe a little bit more expendable? I think, yeah, Tom Froming tweeted that. That was his take about the number five pick. Like, X prospect just became more available because the Twins are going to get a blue chip prospect in the draft in 2023, at least one. So does that make players on the major league roster, does that make them more expendable as well? You know, the infielders, if you're, if you're looking at this draft and you think it's top heavy with shortstops, or middle infielders, does that change how you feel about Jorge Polanco or Luis Arise? And and maybe it shouldn't very much. It'll be interesting the moves they make this offseason. I think there will be kind of a link back and, and say, like, well, part of this might be because they have the fifth overall pick. Part of it might be. We got a leak today or a scoop from Ted. Thanks, Ted, for the scoop. Pablo Lopez, potentially a twins target here uh on the trade market. Pablo Lopez is somebody we've covered and dissected going back to last offseason we might have even done it two off seasons ago Pablo Lopez for those who don't know right-handed Miami Marlins starter is coming off a season where he threw 180 innings has had shoulder problems in the past I believe shoulder problems he's had health problems only through 102 and change in 2021 but he was terrific 307 ERA in that season the last three years combined Pablo Lopez, 340 innings, 63 starts, a 3.52 ERA. That's an ERA plus at 119. That's 19% better than league average and a FIP at 348. If you look at Sonny Gray, so remember that ERA plus at 119, 100 being average. Sonny Gray over the last three seasons, we've done this exercise and I like to compare it to Sonny Gray to think about what type of pitcher they'd be getting. Sonny Gray over the last three years has a 120 ERA plus. So he's been 1% better than Pablo Lopez. If you trade for Pablo Lopez, he's under team control for the next two seasons. You're essentially adding another Sonny Gray or Tyler Malley level pitcher. That's that's who you're adding. We can do this exercise with Malley as well and look at his last three seasons. But I, I think it's a little bit lower because he had a rough year mixed in there. But Tyler Malley's last three years in ERA plus. Let's take a look here. He had a 440 ERA total this year. Rough. It was rough at the beginning. 117. 117 over the last three years for Malley. Lopez 119, Gray 120. So basically three of the same pitcher in some ways in, in terms of results in ERA the last three years. Mally 384 FIP in that time, you know, comparable to Pablo Lopez. But I tweeted out today that Pablo Lopez's FIP over the last three years, he's got really good company in that regard. He's, you know, right around Julio Arias is at 345, Pablo Lopez at 348. He's tied with Blake Snell in fielding independent pitching over the last three seasons. And then Zach Gallon's at 355. And Gallon's certainly ascending. He's pitching better recently, but that's the company for Pablo Lopez. And I think he's absolutely, I'll continue to say this, whether they trade for him or not, he is a twins type of pitcher. He's change up first, right-handed, low to mid 90s, and I believe has reverse splits as well. I think he does. Maybe maybe almost even splits. But I think what the Twins have done, and Matthew Schubert actually wrote about this, I believe, and I'm, I need to read it about their splits and reverse split problem in their rotation. What they've done is they've they've almost targeted guys with reverse splits. He doesn't in his career, Pablo Lopez. So lefties have hit him a lot better than righties, which I think is a good thing. But sometimes they'll they'll target those types of pitchers. Tyler Malley, Sonny Gray had reverse splits last year because I think they feel they can develop a breaking ball. They can develop a slider if their changeup is their best pitch. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But Pablo Lopez is is really tough on right-handed hitters. 218 opponent av- average against righties, 269 on base percentage. That's a 648 
OPS, those numbers, uh, they rise. OPS almost 100 points higher against lefties. But he does have a good changeup, and he is a solid number two starter, I'd say, on a playoff team. You can maybe value that Pablo Lopez made 32 starts and pitched 180 innings. That might be a value to you, but his FIP has slowly risen as he's thrown more innings. It's like it's a linear graph. In 2020, in the COVID season, he made 11 starts. His FIP was 309. That was tremendous. In 2021, he made 20 starts. His FIP was 329, so a little bit of a bump. And then in 2022, made 32 starts. His FIP was 371. You pitch more innings. Usually, I think that's going to happen, and, and you'll get back to your talent level. But I think his talent level is a 350 ERA, 350 FIP, good number two starter, valuable number two starter. Who would the Twins give up? in a trade like this Miami I've said for a long time is a great fit for the twins in a trade. They need bats. They need any bats they can get in the outfield, the infield twins have a lot of those to offer. You know, they have a glut, especially on the left-handed on the left-handed side with a rise and Walner and Larnick and Kepler and Kirilov and so many and Eddie Rosario. We were speculating to the Marlins a couple of years ago too. It's a fit that's made sense for so long with Miami and Minnesota. So in return, you would think Miami would be getting bats, left-handed bats. I think Miami wants to try to win and improve, and they have a glut of starting pitchers. They have starting pitchers galore. They have the Cy Young winner in Sandy Alcantara. Trevor Rogers had a rough year, but he was in the Rookie of the Year conversation in 2020. 2021, excuse me, Jesus Lizardo had a really nice year. It was limited. You know, Edward Cabrera looks like he's going to be a stud potentially, and they have more coming, plenty more coming in the system in the way of starting pitching. They can deal Pablo Lopez with two years of team control. And I actually said last time we covered him because he was in a mailbag. Maybe it makes more sense to trade him now than it did last year when he had three years of team control. I think the Marlins need to deal him. They need to get some bats. And <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't necessarily need to be a major league bat, but there, I think there is some, there's some urgency here because you have arguably the best pitcher in the national league, maybe the best pitcher in baseball in Sandy Alcantara. You have him now on an extension, I believe too. So it's time to win. It's time to try to get some offense going. And I think that's why they'll want to deal on the major league side. Could that be Luis Arise? Could it be Jorge Polanco? I said the other day when that, Arise news came out. I would not be super hip on on trading Luis Arise in a package for Pablo Lopez. I, I would hope they would aim higher. A key part of that is who's the second who's the second piece or the third piece in that trade, right? Is it Luis Arise and Brooks Lee for Pablo Lopez? I'm going to flip this table. Is it Luis Arise and you know a C level prospect for Pablo Lopez? We'll evaluate that and we'll look at that. Is it Jorge Polanco in a C-level prospect? Is it Jorge Polanco in a B-level prospect? The second part of the deal is, is very important, of course. And I think the Twins will weigh that too. I'm sure Miami would love to have a rise and Lee. I don't think Lopez is, is worth a rise and Lee in a trade. Is he worth a rise and, as I said, a, a lower-level B prospect or C-level prospect? Yes. I think yes. I think that is that's debatable. For this Twins team, you could argue that, you know, they need a rise and he's the catalyst and he's the guy for them. They also need frontline starting pitching. And last year, I, I just I felt like yelled from the rooftops. They need another frontline starter to pair with Sonny Gray. 
They thought they got that guy at the deadline. I'm still hopeful they got that guy at the deadline in Tyler Malley. But by definition, you're legitimately adding another Sonny Gray to the staff. And I think I view Sonny Gray as a frontline starter. And many of you Sonny Gray as a frontline starter. Frontline means, you know, at, at worst, you're a low-end number two in a playoff rotation. I think Sonny Gray is a low-end number two in a playoff rotation. I think Pablo Lopez is a low-end number two or maybe a mid-level number two if you if you want to go off his 2020 to 2021 numbers where he had a 133 ERA plus and a 322 FIP. Those numbers, they went up in 2022. I think he's on that level, though, of Mally and Gray, and there's nothing wrong with that. The Twins will be better with Pablo Lopez, but what are you subtracting, right? The rotation will be better. Will the team be better, ultimately? He was nails in the first half. He had a 286 ERA in his first 18 starts and then feels like maybe ran out of gas. He had an ERA near five in that second half in 76 innings. Uh, rougher July, rougher August, 461 ERA in August, recovered a little bit in October, in September and October. But you look at the summer months, it was rough. He was unreal in March and April, 0.39 ERA through his first four starts, through his first 10 starts you know, nearly a two ERA. So you're getting a very good pitcher if they trade for Pablo Lopez. But the the key part of this is who's going back as always. Who is it? A rise and who? Polanco and who? Lee and who? It's They're going to trade a premium player. You know, one of their better players or one of their better prospects for Pablo Lopez. You're seeing how these starters are valued on the free agent market and on the trade market. They cost a lot. So the, the straightforward path, and, and we went over this last week, is you sign Correa and you trade for a starter. And if it's Correa and Pablo Lopez, I think those are two quality additions depending on who you're subtracting from the major league roster and, and from the system. I think those are that's exactly exactly what I mean though. When I say add a premium shortstop, that's Correa, trade for a frontline starter, that's Pablo Lopez. Cuz I would say, you know, the the criteria throughout the offseason for me has been somebody with frontline upside and because Lopez was a borderline number one in 2021. Like you can compare that season to Yavaldi's season. Lopez in that year, three win player and just over a hundred innings. I would say, yes, he has number one upside and he's still young. You know, he's 26. He's going to be 27 in March. There's, there's appeal here with Pablo Lopez. I think absolutely with the twins. Um, we'll see if it comes to fruition. I don't know if it does, we'll break it down. I'm in in gusto, as I like to say, a lot will break it down. Thank you so much for making Locked On Twins your first listen every single day for your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and as always, go Twins.